This is pro wrestling on cut. With your host, Cole Dawson. Ron Kilborn. It's not a Christmas movie. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Pro Wrestling Uncut. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ron, how are you, sir? I am fantabulous. It is a beautiful day. How art thou? I am doing okay. Okay. Uh, This was a fun weekend, and I mean, just right off the bat, we got to talk about it. Because it's the freaking Super Bowl. 150 million people watch this shit on TV in America. So we have to at least address it. Uh, it. It actually made me think about some things. I might get off on a little bit of a tangent here away from wrestling if you won't uh, won't mind letting me for two, you know just go on a two-minute rant here. But uh, Ronald, uh, I know you're not the biggest sporty type fan, but I know you do celebrate the Super Bowl. So what did Mrs. Kilborn make? <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Kilborn uh, made uh, a little bit of a smorgasbord. We went to my we went we went to my father's house. Uh, we watched the game there. It was cute. Uh, I must I must say I, I do like the story of uh, of the quarterback that everyone hates just still winning because I I love how everyone just gets mad about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Halftime show was cute. That's probably the only time. That's probably the longest my eyes were actually on the TV. But, you know, that's just the nature of a non-sports fan. How was your yeah. guys' get-together? Well, so here, the, for me, uh, I didn't actually have a get-together. My wife worked. I stayed home. I made some carne asada during the halftime show because fuck all that noise. And yeah. then, uh, well, but see, uh, to add to the awesomeness of the, let's say, wrestling storylines of this uh, Super Bowl, uh, it not only is it Tom Brady, the, you know, the guy who's, who's arguably the goat you know the greatest of all time and uh that's that's the thing i have an issue with where i'm going to get off on a two-minute rant here but i'll do that in a second uh so tom brady is you know in his 40s and still kicking ass he left the patriots after 20 years of dominating to go to a completely stacked freaking team that had the number one passing offense in the league last year uh that also had a top 15 defense had a bunch of pro bowlers they signed guys who were you know, one of the guys is already basically in the Hall of Fame, a guy you'll know, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, former 24-7 champion, Rob Gronkowski. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh wait, I know the, the wrestling guy, right? Yeah, yeah, the wrestling guy. He caught two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, but the thing is, the quarterback he was playing against is a 25-year-old kid who is – basically the most talented quarterback we've ever seen ever. He can run, he can throw. His dad was a major league baseball pitcher. And so uh, the so Patrick Mahomes has all these different arm angles that he throws from that most people don't do. So he does things that no quarterback's ever done before. And he is the heir apparent to Tom Brady. So this was basically in wrestling terms, this was... WrestleMania 18, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. You know, the heir apparent, like the all-time great. And and so that was pretty cool for uh, football people. And the fact that the old guy won, uh, you know, pissed everyone off. But, I mean, 
frankly, Tampa Bay dominated and deserved the win, and good for them. They're the best team, and they have a decent quarterback, and he didn't screw it up for them. That's 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 how I feel about Tom Brady. So <laughs> I just it's one of those things I think it's silly. And since we're going to do a top ten list, it's topical because they talk about how he's the greatest of all time. And uh, I just find it funny that when we're talking about a team sport like football, um, over the last 20 years, it's really kind of moved away from like, oh, this guy had the most yards and the most touchdowns, and so he's the best ever. And now all they do is count championships. And championships are a fucking team achievement. Tom Brady didn't win these fucking championships on his own. He played on the best franchise ever, got a bunch of fucking great guys to take less money and play under the salary cap. And he was one of the three or five best quarterbacks in the league his whole career, which is great, but he's never been the best quarterback. He had one great year where he led in stats because he had uh, the best wide receiver in the world, Randy Moss. He had 50 touchdowns. It was great. But basically, Tom Brady's been like the third or fourth best quarterback always, but he keeps winning because he's always been on the best team. He leaves... uh, 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 he leaves New England, the Patriots, goes to a completely stacked team, and then a bunch of veterans and all you know, all stars, superstars go and join up with him, and they win the Super Bowl. And Tom Grady gets all the fucking credit, and he didn't do shit. The passing offense was worse this year than last year. Fuck Tom Brady, he sucks. Congratulations on number seven. Good for you. Never yeah! be bad again, great. <laughs> So I tell, you what, okay. I tell you what, if you want to reach a, uh, if you want to uh, reach a bigger audience, cut that into a nice clip and put that on Twitter. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's your that's your TikTok video Done. right there, asshole. <laughs> so, um, but uh, speaking of lists and rankings and top tens, uh, I'm gonna get wait, hold wait, on for, wait, for wait, Ronald wait, here. Go before, ahead, go we ahead. before we completely jump off the football football thing, I got I got my my joke uh, during the Super Bowl. You know, pretty much stole the show. Yes. So I told this joke, and you know how I love dad jokes. Yes. I love jokes that make you go, damn it. So I thought of the great idea of spitting out, hey, how much did the how much does it cost for a pirate to get his ear pierced? How much? About a buccaneer. Yes. Moving yes. on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now since we got that cheesy joke out of the way, we can transition to lots <laughs> of cheesiness in this list. Because so, yes, Ronald, what are we going to be talking about this week? We decided with Valentine's Day coming up between this show and the next show, we needed to get to our top 10 list, which is Ron's maybe best contribution to the show so far. This idea is brilliant. Ronald, please pitch the fans on our top 10 list. Oh, pitch I will, because today, since love is right around the corner, Valentine's Day is this Sunday. What better topic to talk about? What better list to come up with than the top 10 relationships in wrestling? We got to talk about the top 10 relationships in wrestling. It's the best idea I think I've had since joining. And we're going to... we're gonna, we're going to go through it all, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go maybe real relationships, fictional relationships, as long as it takes place in the WWE bubble or the wrestling bubble in general. Yes. We're going to talk about it because there's some outrageous stuff and there's some awesome stuff as well. 
and I cannot wait to talk about it. We might laugh the hardest we've ever laughed ever today. Now, before we get into our top 10 list, I just, this is something Ron and I kind of been talking about the last couple weeks. And I, I do want to specify for all the fans, before we get all the hate mail and the hate tweets and the hate everything, that's a, this, our top 10 list. We are not Sports Center. This is not us doing research and crunching numbers to come up with a, a, a factually best top 10 list based on who drew stuff and did this. Or we are going, our top 10 list on Pro Wrestling Uncut are our personal favorites, the things that got us, that made us laugh, made us cry, made us happy. So... Fuck your opinions, that's fine. You do your own top ten list, but please tell us what you think. We like the feedback. But, uh, you know, we're, this isn't a super serious list today, guys. It's not super serial, okay? <laughs> and you know what? And you know what? That might be the theme, you know, here and there, because everyone does the top ten wrestler. Everyone does the top ten matches. Everyone does the top ten this, top ten that. We're going to give you lists that no one talks about at some point. Who gives a shit? And when we do talk about important stuff, we'll give you some important stuff. But at the end of the day, we're just having fun, and we hope you are too. And we hope you have fun social media crucifying us if you disagree with us, because that's also <laughs> fun. <laughs> so, Ronald, your your list, your idea, your number 10 best uh, relationship in wrestling history. Oh, man. So I'm going to come out – I'm going to come out swinging with this first one because this storyline actually ended – with a death by fucking. And that is Don Marie and Tori Wilson's father, Al. Now, <laughs> Don Marie decided to get under Tori Wilson's skin by dating her father, who just happened to show up at SmackDown and watch the show. And so, yeah. Bye. And so after you. a few weeks, they had been dating, and they always showed them just after them fucking. And and they would cut a promo, rub it in her face, until finally Don rubbed it in her face. Literally huh? <laughs> fucked Tori Wilson's dad to death, and they even had a funeral for him and everything. And that was oh. a big blow off for this relationship. I told you we were gonna laugh our ass off. Oh, it was absurd. Don Marie murdering Al Wilson with her vagina. Death by fucking. Oh my god. Oh, so. Uh, to keep the absurdity rolling, my number two. <laughs> my number ten relationship in wrestling history: Jillian Hall and the growth on her face. Oh my god! That was what? bitten off by the boogeyman. <laughs> this was a long-term story. I don't know. I, I this is one of those like. What the fuck were they thinking moments where she just had, like, this disgusting, brown, hairy, like, just growth on her cheek, and it was there, and they, like, they talked about it, but it never went away, and, like, the reason I'm calling it a relationship is because Boogeyman just literally bit it off, and that was the separation, that was the end of it, like, all her magic powers left with the, the growth on her face. <laughs> But a relationship, though? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I never really liked that storyline, but then it grew on me. Oh, oh. yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Thank, oh. you. Thank you. Well, I guess that brings me to my number nine, then. Yes, you're number now, nine. This number, now, this number nine was always billed as a relationship, 
but then the <laughs> but then the payoff happened, and it was just just television gold. And this, my number nine, is the ambiguous relationship between Billy and Chuck. Billy and Chuck were a tag team, and they did a lot of scenarios where everyone thought that they were like the first gay couple tag team. They they were massaging each other. They complimented on each other's hair. They actually went on man bro dates together, and then their manager convinced them to have a wedding just for a publicity stunt. And during the wedding, uh, it's a famous moment in SmackDown history where Eric Bischoff removes the cover and uh, he, he was the pastor in disguise and three-minute warning came out and destroyed the place. But then that's when Billy and Chuck actually came out and said that this whole thing was weird and <laughs> we're not gay, we're just really close friends. So that's my number nine. Hilarious relationship between Billy and Chuck Palumbo. That, that was one of the few times in wrestling, too, where I literally, like jaw dropped to the ground couldn't believe it because the makeup job on eric bischoff was so freaking good and his voice he was doing and the whole character and everything never for one second did i ever think that it one i didn't think it was a person in makeup too i had no inkling that it was eric bischoff so when his voice changed all of a sudden, and it's like, did somebody second. just say <laughs> two yeah, minutes or three minutes or whatever the hell it was? At, yeah, it, was it was fantastic. It, it, and and mind you, I hated the fuck out of this whole angle. I hate fucking weddings, you know, gimmick shitty weddings. This was dumb as shit. I, like, I liked the vignettes leading up to the wedding, but the wedding yes. itself sucked until that moment and then it totally redeemed itself for me and uh i absolutely loved it yeah this this whole angle was just worth it at the payoff (laughs) okay so my number nine relationship and this may be the last uh silly ridiculous one i have on here but i'm going with the the mid nineties and we're just tiptoeing our way into the attitude era and uh, <clears throat> I'm going with Sonny and half the roster because there <laughs> because, <laughs> because she was legit married to Chris Candido <laughs> uh, and we know that she was fucking Shawn Michaels that came out later uh, we're all pretty sure that something may or may not have happened with Bret Hart I know Shawn was when he dropped the Sunny Days line in the promo um, but there was a time when Sunny was with Takamishinoku on camera <laughs> like oh yes so my yeah, number nine relationship with Sunny, face. I know he frozen. Is he frozen? Oh. <laughs> yes. So Sunny and half the roster is my number nine relationship. That is amazing. I love it. And the comedy doesn't stop here. <laughs> my number eight. We alluded to this last week. Everyone give everyone give a hand to my number eight. Because the storyline sure did. Because I'm going with Mark Henry and Mae Young. And holy crap, we everyone thought this whole angle was weird at first, but then the most highest rated segment of the year that year was May Young May Young giving birth to a prosthetic hand that Mark Henry put inside her to begin with. Because <laughs> logic. And I uh, I have a 
going to uh, of going to uh, a live podcast of uh, Bruce and Conrad, and uh, they had the writer of that segment on there to tell like a play by play of that day. And I'm not even going to go into the story, but it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. That like literally the the term box of gimmicks came from that segment because <laughs> they, they brought like a box of toys to fuck around with and what they came up with was a hand and i listened to a podcast with mark henry on chris jericho years ago and they asked him straight up uh what the hell <laughs> mark henry goes i even asked vince that myself i was like why a hand and his literal response was it's a hand <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense, pal. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just going to remember it's a hand. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Okay, my number eight, getting into the more serious part of my list. Uh, now, this one is one that doesn't get a lot of hype. It doesn't necessarily get um, a lot of love for what it really deserves. But... Uh, these two did such a good job um, playing on each other on the screen that everyone was convinced that they legit were fucking off screen, that they were cheating on each other's spouses, whatever it is, um, because their chemistry was so good on TV and uh, they got so much heat together. But I'm going with Shane Douglas and Francine in ECW as my number eight relationship of all the times. I love it. it. That was not on my radar. So I'm glad that uh, you put it on here and talked about it. I I mean, but can we just talk about how freaking smoking hot Francine was in ECW? Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I'm not even afraid to talk about it. I'm married as fuck and I and I have eyes and I'm a male. And what I see (laughs) is a hot ass chick. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you talk like some women are just naturally sexy and some women know how to turn that shit up to 11 and Francine turned that shit up to 11. She was fan freaking tastic. And uh, Shane Douglas was the perfect guy, the perfect gimmick to have the smoking hot girl on his arm. And it just was so much heat and it really led to some fantastic storytelling. And uh, really, I think, elevated Shane Douglas to being that main eventer finally for the first time in his career. Excellent. So we're on to my number seven. And you can tell that this is where I start to get a little serial, too. And I don't think this gets talked about enough either as far as, like, what it did for their careers at the time. Because they were both floundering. And I think this angle kind of helped them get to that next step when they needed Uh it most. And I'm going with Eddie Guerrero and China. Jinx! <laughs> you know what's funny? My number seven is Eddie Guerrero in China. Because, yes. because this helped them both get over tremendously. Yes. yes, absolutely. So, you know, this was post-Radicals and post-DX. And, you know, they they really needed each other. And, you know, it was actually a feel-good storyline. They started out as they started out as heels, but then they just their chemistry made them baby faces. It was you know, China really, you know. Hey, I'm gonna say it again. China got really, really pleasant looking during this time period. Yeah, and, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I thought the angle was was great. You know, the breakup was sad, even you know, for me as a twelve year old. You know, I, I, when, he, <laughs> when he got caught when he got caught in the shower with two chicks and China cried, that was sad. I it made me sad. And uh, yeah, so number seven, Eddie Guerrero, China. I thought that was good stuff. Yeah, and I agree. And Eddie is my uh, we all know my all time number one favorite ever is the Hitman Bret Hart, but my number two is Eddie Guerrero. And I never thought Eddie was going to get to the pinnacle. Like, I, I, I always felt like his size was going to keep him from being a world champion. But I really feel like this angle, this time, this run with China, where Eddie got to do a lot of vignettes and he got to cut a lot of promos and he got to show his his range of emotions and the, all the, the, that he could be funny and he could be serious and he could be a little bit crazy and he could do all those things. I don't think it, it, without this time, I don't think Eddie Guerrero would have got over to the level that he did. So like for me, this was a no brainer had to go on my list because without this angle, without this relationship, Eddie Guerrero is not the world champion, uh, in my opinion. So, love it. I love that we both hit it at number seven. That's awesome. That makes it easy to make the overall list at the end of the show. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So, I guess, like, you know, since the combo talked about it, that goes to my... To, no, let's go to your number six. No, 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 because no, my number one's got to go last. Well, it's fine. I'll do my number six, but I'm just saying, I got to go last. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All I'm asking for this one time, I'm going to pull rank and say, I get to go last. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so number six, number six. Now, this is the one from my childhood, my fandom, that like there's, there's obviously one that happened slightly before I got into wrestling. That's, that's a little bigger than this one, but this was the one that really caught me as a child. Um, what, but it was Goldust and Terry Reynolds. I thought she Chicks! was. <laughs> I, I, God damn it! <laughs> Number six, Goldust and Marlena. <laughs> yes, but I just I thought she was so good at the character with, with early on when she wasn't doing much, when she just had the big cigar in her mouth and she was sitting in the director's chair and the look on her face and the way she looked, her body obviously fit the I thought it was perfect casting for the role. I thought she did a fantastic job. And I real for me, it really added to gold dust and made me pay more attention, especially, you know, at that point, I'm like a 13 year old, 14 year old boy. So, you know, obviously I'm paying more attention <laughs> to Terry Reynolds, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what, what, what was it about this that made it your number six, Ron? I mean, the, the, the package is, you know, I, it's not complete without Marlena, Terry Reynolds. And uh, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, the whole, the gold dress, the cigar, the fact that she was kind of the, you know, the only thing Goldust, like, worshipped just made her seem more important than him sometimes. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought they, they belonged on the list. And I'm <coughs> stoked that we're two for two in a row on, uh, on placement and induction. Oh, well, let's see if we can uh, break that streak. I'm not sure this one will be on your list. Um I think that there's a good chance we're going to have a lot of parody going on in the top four. But this one, <laughs> I think, I'm not sure you'll have it on your list because this is just slightly before your time. Um, 
But this was the first on-screen female, really, at all when I started watching wrestling. And uh, this was great. Sensational Sherry had been getting guys over for years. She had a great run with Randy Savage and all that. Well, once once Savage dumped her, she went and found herself a little boy toy. And uh, her and Shawn Michaels were fantastic. And she is so good in this character where she's basically worshiping the ground he walks on and she's just so stricken with him and uh i just thought it led to some really great stuff and it made me take sean seriously and he became you know the the big heel that i hated when i was a kid and i think a lot of it had to do with sensational sherry my number five sherry in hbk i love it definitely not before my time uh yeah, I guess like storyline wise, yeah. But I yeah, definitely, yeah. Back, I definitely went back on some Coliseum home videos and watched those matches. The match he had with uh, with Bret Hart in the ladder when when Sensational Sherry yeah. was managing was freaking amazing. But uh, yeah, good stuff. They are on my honorable mentions actually. So they did. Oh, make- very good. So which brings me to my number five. My number five. This was probably the most obnoxious I've ever seen this guy be, and. For whatever reason, this worked so well. I think he is the last true person to really get this gimmick over. And the and the combination between these two was absolutely quality television. And I'm going to go with my number five, King Booker and Queen Charmel. Oh, that's an awesome one. Yes, man. When King Booker was a thing and he did that real, like, humble look on his face. Like, you know, he he's definitely hated... But he like looks at the crowd with such joy, like they're basking, like he like <coughs> basking in his glory, and they actually love him. Just the, just the absurdity of it all, and Queen Charmel just repeating King Booker, like repeating, <laughs> repeating, and repeating, and the crowd just like ate it up and destroyed them. I love that gimmick so much. Last perfect like King gimmick that actually worked, and this actually propelled him to be a champion. They put the title on him when this gimmick was happening, and that's my number five, King Booker and Queen Charmel. And and when we really think about it, that that very well could be the last real wrestling heel title run we're ever going to have. Like I Brock Lesnar was a heel, you know, the fans hated him and whatnot, but not in the way that he's like a shitty person. He just dominates everyone and doesn't give a shit. But like Booker was an asshole. Like mm-hmm. he was playing that that benevolent dictator so well, and I don't think we're ever gonna have a true like old school wrestling heel character champion again. So, but you know, MJF, if he can get away from the comedy stuff, might fit that bill. So we'll see, we'll see. So uh, that brings us to number four. Now, <clears throat> number four is interesting because it started out as just kind of a silly gimmick, and then it turned into a real-life marriage, and uh, arguably the biggest power couple in the history of the professional wrestling business, I'm going with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley as my number four Relation, you know, wrestling relationship, and this was a great storyline because it started out, uh, you know, Stephanie McMahon was dating Tess, 
and you know they were getting serious and Shano Shano was trying to break them up and everyone was trying to do all this and that and then Triple H supposedly kidnapped Stephanie and they got married while she was passed out drunk in the front seat of a car which is just fantastic <laughs> yeah Great. that's legal that's legal that happens all the time of and and then when we got to the very end of it, we all found out that she loved him all along, and she was a bad guy too, and it was fantastic. And then it it's uh, you know led to years and years of the power couple and what's best for business and this and that. And uh, I I just I love Stephanie McMahon. She's one of the best characters ever in wrestling. I don't think she gets enough credit for how good she is on TV. And uh, this made Triple H, you know, he 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 needed Sean to. Be be over he needed Steph to be over you know this it was great for him too it worked <laughs> it worked out worked out very much now my number four is drenched in reality as well and you want to talk about making a guy you know who was already sort of made but then this solidified his heat for a long time as the tippy top heel in this era and that is the weirdness and the craziness of the relationship between Edge and Lita. This was an internet sensation of a story. Matt Hardy famously was dating Lita. Uh, one thing led to another. Lita goes with Edge, and they make that into an angle while Matt is <laughs> fired. And then uh, later on, they make an even bigger angle out of it when Matt comes back and gets destroyed by Edge and gets buried back to the mid-card. And it was awkward, but, like, good TV. And how can you not give these people a platform on a list like this without mentioning the live sex celebration where we, <laughs> all, we all got to enjoy Edge celebrating his title win by having sex with Lita in a bed in the ring. And it led to one of the most, the best botch you can, you can hope for, for a 19 year old kid. And, uh, you know, Lita's boob fell out and it was on TV and, you know, yay ratings. So number four, <laughs> edge and Lita. And my number three is the edge Lita Matt Hardy triangle. Yay. yay! <laughs> yeah, and you know, when it's me, you would think this maybe wouldn't be so high on my personal list, but everything you just said was totally dead on. Um, I <clears throat> This definitely made Edge a main eventer. You're absolutely correct. Like, I flat out hated Edge up until this point, and then when he started being this shit heel, I could at least tolerate the fact that he was in the world title picture because he was such a good freaking heel. And he's like, you know, he's a B plus in the ring. So I was okay with it at this point. I just, but uh, yeah, the Lita thing, she got so much heat. It's, it's always funny to me that when it's all said and done, the woman is the one who gets the most freaking heat in the thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> But poor Matt Hardy, like he yeah. just he got so he gets fired over this, right? <laughs> then yeah. they bring him back, and he just gets the shit kicked out of him by Edge, and then gets cast away to the bottom of the mid card, and Edge goes on to be a world champion. Then so you know the moral of the story is fuck your friends' girlfriends, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll get ahead. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, what's oh. this? 
which brings me to my number three, and you know, I'm not gonna beat around the bush either. It's uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Yay! We were close there. We were close. So, yes, I, uh, I, this is another situation where, you know, Triple H was, you know, kind of, you know, playing with top guy, you know, high middle card status, but then this Stephanie McMahon angle really propelled him to that extra, extra heat to be that top heel for the year 2000. Um, you know, what, what better way than to steal, than to steal the daughter from an, steal another man's daughter. And then all of a sudden, like betray, have her betray the father too. Like it's, it was fucked up. I was, I was 13 when it happened and I was like shocked as shit when, when Stephanie actually turned heel because up until that point, she was just, the girl getting kidnapped, <laughs> you know, and now, now to see her like a heel and like getting, you know, dre- dress a little, you know, for lack of a better term, slutty and and be a dick and you know tell her father that she hates him and shit like that. It was pretty damn good. And you know, storyline aside, what they've done for the company, you know, as you know, behind the scenes can't be overstated either. Uh, and yeah, probably the biggest power couple today in wrestling but you know we that that could be argued we'll get there too awesome so now so that was your number three so we are at our top two now i'm sitting here looking at my list and we're at our top two um if we don't have the same top two then i'm feeling like i completely missed something in the world and i've left like a serious thing that should definitely be on my list off but um, because I've, there's a chance you might not have one of these because, you know, you're a real person who takes this seriously <laughs> and wants no, to talk no. about wrestling and not joke. But uh, my number two is maybe the most heartwarming storyline in the history of professional wrestling. It led to the biggest pay-per-view, the first, like, real big pay-per-view buy ever. Did you guys both freeze? No. Oh, okay, good. Sorry. Like, you both just have been frozen on my screen in the same thing. Anyway, all right, so... <clears throat> so, thanks, Charles. <laughs> so, this is, uh, like, one of the, the, the first times where wrestling really kind of crossed over into reality, and uh, they played something out on TV that was fairly realistic, and really got to the human emotion. And you saw people genuinely crying in the audience when they reunited after breakups and when they got married on screen. And I am going with my number two, Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man, Randy Savage, as the second greatest relationship in wrestling history. I love it. I love it a lot. And, you know, it's not my number two. My number two is should be your number one if I'm if I'm process if I'm doing process of elimination correctly. <laughs> but Maybe. My, but my number two, you know, how can you not talk about you know Vince and Linda McMahon? I I I I don't think you can leave them off this list. You know, you know, them being who they are versus what they did in storyline all those years 
is just some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like, because I, I always watched, like, some of their old storylines between them two. Like, some of the promos they cut on each other. Some of the stuff he's had her do without him there. And, like, vice versa. I'm like, that is the most interesting marriage I have ever seen in my life. And I always put myself in their shoes. Like, could I, could I do all that with my wife? I, I don't know. But I just think their relationship is fascinating. Uh, they're my number two. Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon. Solid, solid. So, uh, Ronald, your number one my relationship number one. in wrestling history. My number one. We, you already talked about it. That's why I didn't have a retort immediately. I'm going with Macho Man and, and Miss Elizabeth. Because... Now that we've all got our cards on the table, I know where your number one is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Macho Man and Elizabeth, how can you not talk about them? As far as like wrestling angles and storyline, that is probably the most heartwarming. There's ups, there's downs, the proposal, the wedding, you know, they pretty much just lived their relationship in the wrestling bubble and... Even after they, even after their real separation, they still work together, and that is pretty damn awesome. And yeah, my number one is Macho Man and Elizabeth. Can't argue that. No, no, you absolutely cannot argue that they need to be near the very tippy top of the list. And uh, I think between your number one and my, being my number two, they definitely are going to be the number one spot on the overall. Pro Wrestling Uncut list. Um, but I, I, I'm fairly disappointed in you, Ronald, because you missed literally the greatest couple in the history of professional wrestling. Tell them. The most skilled in-ring couple in the history of the business. The woman is right now the best women's professional wrestler on the planet. And her husband has had more five-star and six-star matches than anyone by Kenny Omega. So I'm just saying this is by far the most talented in-ring couple in the history of the business. And it is the wrestling business. And when the bell rings, that's what really matters. And so the greatest couple in the history of professional wrestling is my sister, Candice LeRae, and her husband, my brother-in-law, Johnny Gargano. Number one! Yes! <laughs> Definitely over Linda and this McMahon. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm, that's... See, okay. Now that I'm done being totally serious, because even as a fan, my sister is my favorite female wrestler in the history of ever, uh, objectively as a fan, not just as her brother. And uh, so that that's great. But this is what's interesting and fun about doing these kind of lists and going from a more... Uh, personal perspective as opposed to what the masses might say. I never, like, I read, I, I, because I did some research, so I read some other lists to just kind of make sure I wasn't missing out on anything. And I saw Vince and Linda, and I just kind of rolled my eyes at it because for me, it was just like, whatever. Because you could tell that Linda McMahon did not want to be on TV ever, she did not want to be doing this shit. But she was being the good wife and went along with it. And I heard someone talking about it the other day, but 
when they did the angle where uh, Trish Stratus was, you know, glomming onto Vince and Linda was in the wheelchair and they had this big, you know, blowout match and everything was great. And the biggest, the thing, the only thing that anyone really remembers was the moment when Linda McMahon stands up out of the wheelchair because she'd been faking the whole time, swerved the fuck out of everyone, including her mastermind, evil genius husband. Uh, it really was a great moment and a well done thing. And I and, and it's it's one of those things where I would roll my eyes to put them on this list. But then again, I put Jillian Hall and the growth on her face on my list. So I'd say Linda and Vince is probably a better choice. But <laughs> um, but that's what's cool about this is like everyone like you know, we were talking a little bit about like Tom Brady and sports. Like sports arguments, you actually have real data, you have numbers, you have facts and figures, and you can point to something and make a reasonable argument as to why they're your best person. But wrestling is an art form realistically. And it's so it's so subjective as to what people like. So we get into lists like this and we have fun and we laugh, but then we get to all see what each, you know, each individual wrestling fan takes away and the things they like, you know, like, and it's, it's really reflective in how the business is, has, you know, how things have gone the last 10 years. Like AEW had a freaking mimosa match, man. And like, but people loved that, you know, and, and Chris Jericho and MJF doing a dance number got a huge, you know, reaction on the internet. So it's fun to talk about these things and see the differences. And I'm sure there's things on my list where you go, okay. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I like Vince and Linda. It's something worth thinking a little more about. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not judging the list at all because I love these lists because I want to see what you come up with that I didn't. And, yeah. uh, and plus, you know, hey, and since we got to since we got to solidify a list, I'm going to run through my honorable mentions real quick. I'm going to rapid fire these things. My honorable honorable mentions were first we got Nydia and Jamie Noble. Oh, we that got, was so great! Yes, absolutely. We got we got Mandy Rose and Otis. That that shit was that that was the last like good one as far as like storyline payoff and some of the vignettes were hysterical. Uh, I got Candice and Johnny in my honorable mentions. Uh, <laughs> Beth Phoenix and Santino Morella was fantastic, and I'm sad that they didn't make this list, but. I had to put Al Wilson dying on number 10. It just happened. <laughs> uh, Val Venus and Mrs. Yamaguchi. This, oh led, this led to Choppy Choppy the Peepee. And Val Venus fucked Takamishinoku's sister, Mr. Yamaguchi's wife, and got his dick chopped off for it. Next, we got PMS and Meat. <laughs> yes. Terry yes. Reynolds and Jacqueline got Sean Stasiak, and basically they're... they're Gimmick was they fucked this guy. Case closed. Uh, and then last but not least, Mark Merrow and Sable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause you got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the. Well, I mean, you you hit on some of my honorable mentions. I I you know being a big fat ass, I really enjoy Mandy Rose jumping into the arms of Otis and how can you not love Otis so you know that's like one of those feel good stories that you know you, you, you see that happen and you just go 
Oh, good for you, man. You're not even mad when another fat guy bags a hottie. Like, he just, like, good for you, bro. <laughs> exactly. And especially that vignette where they're at the pool and, like, he's, like, wet and being sexy and she's, like, checking him out and fanning herself. Yes. It's that's the funniest so shit ever. <laughs> but, so, like, really my only other honorable mention uh we talked a little bit about ECW. I, I think this, well, I, th this is definitely the angle that made Tommy dreamer who he was and what came down. So I had the, uh, also the love triangle between Raven, Tommy dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy. Um, I mean, when Raven piled, oh, I mean, just like he was such a sick, sadistic bastard in this storyline. And Tommy got his ass kicked so many times and all for love at the, end of the day it was such a great storyline there's some great matches in there i implore people to go check that out if you haven't seen any of it but uh, that would be my one honorable mention aside from ron just crushed this list guys he had so many ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i had to dwindle this down like i i even left off honorable mentions because some honorable mentions because i didn't want this list to be too long you know? right I mean, I did, I did have Blue Meanie and Jasmine Sinclair. <laughs> I bet no one remembers that shit. <laughs> no, but anytime you get a porn star on on TV with a big fat piece of shit like Meanie, then he, <laughs> Meanie, by the way, is a fantastic dude. Uh, he did my old podcast, and he was just great, so gracious with his time. And how can you be mad at a dude when he when he leaves you with a five minute story about uh, ruining Al Snow's car with farts? So like, <laughs> you can't do much better than that. So yeah. uh, now to solidify the official top ten uh, pro wrestling uncut couples in wrestling history. We are in agreement that Miss Elizabeth and Rand and the macho man, Randy Savage is going on there. And, uh, I don't care what anyone says. We are in agreement that Candace and Johnny go on the list somewhere. <laughs> this is my show. Damn it. <laughs> and so, uh, we agreed on the edge Lita, Matt Hardy love triangle. We agreed on triple H and Stephanie. Yes, absolutely, Triple H and Steph. Uh, and I like that, you know, in our fandom, which does overlap pretty significantly. Like, I think, you know, you just were a year or two behind me. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of this similar stuff. But, uh, you know, I just think it's great that we're, like, so in sync in the middle part of this list. <laughs> yes. Because we agreed on Goldust and Terry. Yes. So that's number four. And Marlena. I know I'm being slow, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm trying to write things down and keep and notes. China, so, Eddie in China number yes. five. Yeah, so that now, that is six. And now that we're in agreement on. Let's see. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Candace and Johnny. We just don't know where they're yeah. placed. <laughs> All right, so we've got four slots left. Charles DJ Barbecue, welcome to the podcast. Uh, were there any of our list that completely jumped out at you? Were they one, two, three, four, five, six? So, uh, oh, nope, this one I need to... Oh, that's Ron's list. Okay, anyway. So are there any of the list off the top of your head what that jump out completely that we need to put on our list? Jump out is an understatement because I almost had to get a defibrillator and try to revive my ass because of what 
Ron was doing in his on his top ten. Um, you, you gotta go. You gotta go with. You gotta go and give give Ron a hand. You gotta go with that one. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I'm, I will say I'm a little shocked that you guys didn't get the same number one and two. I'm really shocked with that. Uh, not the fact that uh, you had uh, your your sister and your brother uh, at number one. I'm just surprised that it wasn't the same and similar. Well, I'm not um, gonna buy his. I'm not gonna buy his gimmick, brother. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one that I'd have to really, I would say the the Matt Hardy one because like that's. It's pretty iconic. Well, yeah, but we agreed on that. We're talking about the rest. Oh yeah, of you them. guys did agree. Yeah, we have, yeah, yeah, we the rest. Like the four, bro. So let's let's give oh. you the choices. Let's give yeah. you the choices. What what, what choices. I have left on my list is Kink Booker and Queen Charmel. We got Mark Henry and May Young, that Billy and Chuck on the list. Billy and Chuck, and then Al Wilson and Don Marie. The the, the Don Marie Al Wilson one that that shocked me. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, the the bottom three the bottom three that you you stated the, the May Young. Well, we got to well, hear. I, I'm hear I'm both. stipulating. I'm just I'm giving May Young and Mark Henry's going on our official list. Yeah, because, that's what I said. That, that's God what damn I already it. said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. mine, my, the what I have left, I have sensational Sherry and uh, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, uh, Shane Douglas and the franchise, and I'll leave off my gimmick silly ones. We'll just, <laughs> I would, I'll disqualify those from our official list right now. So uh, basically, we've got three spots to fill. We got Sherry HBK. We've got Shane Douglas and Francine. We got King Booker and Queen Charmel, Billy and Chuck, and Don Marie and Al Wilson. Billy and Chuck, Don Marie, and Mae Young. Like, that's, that. I'm sorry, but that's the, the, the rest of the three on the, the main list. Well, uh, yeah, but May Young and Mark Henry was one of the three, so we still need a fourth. So, one. Billy and Chuck, Billy and Chuck outdo yeah. the other one. Yeah. yeah, Billy, yeah, Billy and Chuck, and we've got Don Marie and Al Wilson because the comedy over here. Uh, we'll leave them at ten. Tickled, tickled uh, Charles, but uh, well, the presentation so, is how he said it. Really got me. Like yes. I about passed out because I was laughing so hard. All right. Well, thanks, Chuckles. Well, how was like, how was your Super Bowl? How was your Super Bowl party there? Did you did you bust out the old barbecue there, DJ Barbecue? No, because we got snow and so oh. I had to get the poker out. But we did have pizza and wings. Nice. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So Ron and I will debate a little bit and figure pick pick between two for the last spot. But thanks for uh, joining us and uh, running the show and helping us out today there, DJ Barbecue. Yeah, no problem. That's the uh, fans, that's a cue for me to go on mute again. Yes, yes it is. He's learning, ladies and gentlemen. He's learning. So I think what it comes down to is either Sherry and HBK, who was on your honorable mention list, or Booker T and uh, Queen Charmel, which... Uh, was one that I, I I blanked on. I didn't it didn't come to mind for me. But once you said it, I was like, oh yes. So I could go either way with this one. I'll give you the deciding vote since you definitely kicked my ass in this list. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, no disrespect to the showstopper and 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 uh, sensational Sherry. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at what. They, both both care both couples got over, but I felt like one 
was kind of like a stopping point for someone else's greatness. And this was the culmination of how, of how, you know, much of a top guy this guy became because of this relationship. So I, I think King Booker and Queen Charmel did more for them as characters because it was the culmination of his heavyweight championship. This was the, this was the top, the most top guyish scenario Booker T had reached because of this, and I think Sensational Sherry was just a stopping point for Shawn Michaels. Um, but that's just me, you know. I, it, it's it's hard to pick between the two, but I'm gonna just say it, and not just because it's on my list. I'm going King Booker and Queen Charmel. Uh, and I am in agreement. I'm going with that. Uh, so the official. Top 10 list, Pro Wrestling Uncut, is number 10, Mae Young and Mark Henry. Number 9, Don Marie and Al Wilson. Number 8, Billy and Chuck. We're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that that was the payoff. Oh, we're not gay, guys. <laughs> oh. Number 7, King Booker and Queen Charmel. Number 6, Eddie Guerrero and China. Number five, Goldust and Marlena. Number four, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Number three, Edge and Lita. Number two, uh, because of voting, Candace and Johnny. And number one, all-time greatest relationship in wrestling history, Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, such sure. a good storyline. Heartwarming, loving, caring. So good. Yes. Oh, well, this was a lot of fun, Ronald. Thank you for pitching this idea. I'm so glad we got to do it. I cannot wait to brainstorm what March's top 10 will be. Ooh, well, see, March could be interesting because that's when typically in the sports world, the giant basketball tournament takes place and they take up the whole month of March and call it March Madness. And it makes a billion dollars. And it's crazy. We could do some kind of a tournament theme. You mean a top 10 can involve the Macho Man, just Macho Man top 10? That's madness. <laughs> Ooh, see? Look at that. That's why we brainstorm, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll uh, keep you informed as to what will be coming in March. And uh, that's going to do it for this week, though, because uh, we're adults and we have shit to do. And I'm out of time. We're desperately out of time, ladies and gentlemen. So for Ronald and DJ Barbecue, this is Cole saying thanks for listening. Hope to see you next week. Goodbye. Mwah. Is it your dream to become a professional wrestling superstar, manager, or referee? Well, you can make that dream a reality by training with Midwest All-Pro Wrestling. Learn from former WWE superstar and NXT coach Eugene Nick Dinsmore. Classes are training right now, so go to MidwestAllPro.com and click on training to enroll today. <laughs> Greetings, wrestling friends. I'm Ron Kilborn. Catch me every week as the new co-host of Pro Wrestling Uncut, only on the Kota I Radio Network podcast. Join myself, Cole Dawson, and DJ Barbecue as we discuss all things professional wrestling. And I got one question for you. Whose house? Ron's house. Kota I Radio Network is brought to you by Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Go to MidwestAllProWrestling.com and get tickets today. Remedy Brewing Company. It's the cure for what ails you. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue makes barbecue so good, mm -hmm. it'll put a smile on your face. And Code Radio Network is powered by Payback.Rock.
rock radio the way rock radio should be. Go to KBackRadio.com and listen today.